0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you're struggling through the pains of alcohol or drug addiction or a mental health disorder, now's the time to seek the help that you need. Let this be an opportunity to get back on track and get back to finding the real you. Uh, One of the things I struggled with for a long time is I thought I was alone in all of this. And let me tell you, you're not alone. I can promise you that. And Promises Behavioral Health is here. They can help you with that. Uh, They can help you with so many different things that uh, that you're struggling with. Now, we've worked with Promises for years. We know their teams personally. We have great relationships with Promises. And most importantly, we trust them, and so can you. That's why we partner with them. To learn more about Promises treatment options for you or your loved one, here's what you can do. You can go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. That's promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. Or you can just pick up the phone and call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that sober guy podcast. That Sober Guy Podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help dudes stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. If you've been listening for a long time, welcome back. Good to have you here. Thanks for contributing and being a part of my own recovery journey. Staying free from alcohol. It's a beautiful day here in Northern California. The sun is out, been on my walk today, got rolling, and and, uh, now I'm going to get to talk with a great guy today, Rashad Walser, and uh, he's doing some great things in the recovery world. Uh, He's a father of two, he's four years free from alcohol and drugs. Um, He's the author of a recovery memoir, and we're going to get to that a little bit throughout the conversation. And uh, he's also a certified recovery support specialist and uh, works as a recovery care manager in Connecticut And uh, Rashad loves fitness And man, if you check out his Instagram, you will see that dude is shredded And uh, he loves music, acting, yoga uh, We chatted very briefly before we started and He just got finished with a nice meditation session Which you know that we uh, highly recommend here on Sober Guy Prayer meditation as a part of just a better spiritual lifestyle uh, man and he's just passionate about helping people that are struggling out there and that's why we had him on the show today and uh, we're, we're really excited to talk to him and, and learn more and hear more uh, before we get to Rashad you can find all our resources uh, like our free 10 day guide to help jumpstart your life without alcohol uh, our 30 day quit drinking dude challenge. Uh, You can also join our Sober Guy men's crew, a bunch of good dudes on our locals platform, the Sober Guy men's crew, just staying sober, connecting, uh, and uh, man, building relationships, keeping themselves accountable. Uh, So that's on there as well as more podcasts, meetings, and lots of good resources. And you can get all that by going to thatsoberguy.com. That's www.thatsoberguy.com dot com Uh, now follow us on instagram at that sober guy podcast all the links from today's show will be in the show notes and uh man without further ado uh rashad man it's so good to have you on the podcast today thank you for following that sober guy and reaching out to me i know we've had this on the schedule for a couple of months now dude it's just great to connect dude how are you
1: I'm great. It's great to be on here. I, um, like I said before the show started, I've been a fan for years. Um, I've even used your, your podcast as a as a group note or a group tool in order to get my clients motivated and excited about, um, you know, recovery. Yeah. And I'm just, it's like, I'm so nervous to be on here. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I'm ready to go. Like, uh, I listen to so many of these. I'm like, I, I know what, I'm,
0: what to yeah. expect the most. Oh man, that's so, so awesome, bro. Like I, sometimes I just like, it, I'm so blessed, man, just to like, I don't even know how the hell this podcast started to be honest with you, man. It's just like, it started and we just, man, we get to like talk to so many awesome people and just put some good content out there, bro. And you're, you're a part of that today, man. And I, I can't wait to hear more about your story. Um, I mentioned your book and I specifically skipped over the title, not because I, I just, I, I forgot what I, 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 um, I, I uh, confirmed your last name, made sure I was pronouncing that right. And I forgot to do the book. And so I just figured, you know what, I'll just let Rashad do it. So tell us a little bit about the book, just a brief overview, and we'll dive into it a little bit later on in the conversation and go deeper. But, uh, when did you put it out? What's the name of it? What's the basis of it?
1: Yeah, so first of all, it was hilarious because I knew that's why you skipped it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) For for everybody who doesn't know, it's because it's kind of hard to pronounce. And um, it's funny because I kind of regret naming it that because of that. And it's hard for people to understand what it means, but it's actually swigenerous. Got
0: it. Swigenerous.
1: Yeah, and it's Latin for unique. I mean, it description at the bottom. It's a long definition for unique, basically.
0: Yeah, nice, man. And when did you write it and put it out?
1: All right, so I um I got out of my my first my last rehab uh July 2018, and I started writing maybe nine months after that.
0: Nice, so it's I, still um, pretty fresh.
1: Yeah, so I had gotten out of rehab with four months clean, and I uh, didn't come out about my recovery publicly until I got six months because I actually felt like I was on a roll and I, I would, I'd be able to maintain my recovery. Yeah, and um, then once I hit that like, nine-month mark, I I started uh, planning on writing a book, and um, I decided I wanted to start it at a year because I felt like I'd have enough recovery in order for me to maintain it, like, like I said before with with coming out about my recovery. And um so I I planned on um starting it from a year and just journaling my whole second year of recovery. Nice. All the ups, the downs, the difficult times, the losses I've had, the wins, and how I coped with everything through my second year while still trying not to drink and, and do drugs.
0: Got it. So I mean that it's it's basically it's a it's a recovery memoir then, right? Is that how I mean somewhat that you could sum it up in some sense so your experience, your time uh especially too like nine months out that's that's still pretty fresh like um you know get getting on track and and I love that because I think that's some of the realest stuff you're gonna find right there, you know um so oh go ahead go ahead did I one second I
1: gotta get this cat upstairs as making soon as noise.
0: <laughs> I love it man speaking of cats. I got, okay, cat stories. Everyone's like, oh, God, another cat story. But, dude, our damn cat keeps bringing lizards in the house. And so I'm sitting, like, we're in the hallway the other day. I'm telling a cat story, Rashad, real quick, just in in honor of the cat. So my, my daughter has a Siamese cat, and there's two funny things about this. Like, the first thing is I tried to, like, bow up like a year or two years ago and my wife and my daughter were like yeah we're gonna get a cat and i was like you know what we're not getting a cat this is you know the, like i'm the man of the house and i said no. and <laughs> sure yeah okay and then guess what a week later we had a cat so it really goes to show who's who's in charge and uh right. so the cat I, the cat grows on me right i, I actually really like the cat siamese cat cool cool cat but man, she has been taking lizards in the house. So I found four, four alive lizards at different times throughout the house. Like I went in the bathroom the other day and there's a lizard just sitting on the rug and it's alive. She brings them in alive. And then, so I go to catch it. I've done it three other times, like with a Mason jar. And then I put it outside and, um, This time I went to catch it, and it darted underneath the cabinet in my uh, bathroom, in the downstairs bathroom, and uh, (laughs) it went up in it, and so I couldn't get it. And I'm like, oh, man, dude, now we got a live lizard, like, running around. So I was literally stocking that bathroom, like, for, like, two days, like, looking in there, seeing if it came out. And finally, yesterday, I found it on the floor right where it went up <laughs> in. It was just chilling. So I went over there, and I grabbed a broom and scooped it up and ended up getting outside. But anyways, crazy cat story why you why you regulated on your cat. So good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How many cats do you have? Just one?
1: Just one, okay, yeah. My yeah. girl's trying to get another one, but I'm uh uh, yeah, like like you, I was reluctant at first and it's growing <laughs> on me. And yeah. I don't know if the second one's going to grow on me. I don't know if I want it to grow on me.
0: <laughs> it probably will. If you're, You sound like you like animals. So, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm a big softie for that kind of stuff. So... Uh, but yeah, so anyways, we were t- we were talking about the book and, and we can dive yep. into that a little bit later on because I'm sure a lot of that has to do with your story, too um, I want to talk about fitness and recovery, too. I know that's a big part of your program But before we before we kind of dive into that I just want to hear just give us a good overview man of kind of what your life has looked like and, um You know where where this whole recovery thing came from and and where it's brought you today
1: Yeah, so, um, I mean When I look back at my life sometimes, I I feel like it wasn't that hard. But when I tell people what I've gone through, they look at me like I'm crazy and they can't believe I'm alive. So, um, I I I mean, I was born in Britain, Connecticut. My father's from Hartford, Connecticut, um, which is a rough city in in Connecticut. Um, My father was a drug dealer. My mother got with him in like the beginning of his drug dealing and as he rose and got more money it became more dangerous. He's um he got shot a bunch of times and house got robbed and raided when I was little. Wow. Um and my kinda like insecurities and abandonment started around five years old when my father they raided the house, my father got arrested, got taken away. After he got out of jail, he moved to California. And um that's kinda like where I started feeling uh some kind of something missing you know in my life yeah. and um my drinking kind of started early and I kind of like I really had no choice like I really had no 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 chance to to begin with because starting at like three four years old my father would throw like these little parties where everybody's sniffing coke and drinking and oh, wow. he'd like, think it's funny to come give his son a, a few sips off of a beer yeah And that was kind of fairly regular. Or even if he wasn't looking, I'd run and grab a a beer and take a few sips off of it. So this is like three, four, five years old. Um, He went to jail, got out of jail, moved to California. Like I said, he lives down in San Diego now. And I got siblings and family down there. But um, I would go out there every other summer to go visit and um, just hang out with my father, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, that first summer I got out there, I was eight years old. And um, our bonding was drinking. He got me uh, really... (laughs) shit-faced <laughs> at eight years old
0: at eight years no, old
1: Dang. yeah wow i was eight years old it was some hennessy and pepsi i'll never forget it and uh that kind of started the craving and and because I, I felt like i was i was home when i when i got drunk like, I, I didn't realize that i was even drunk i just like was comfortable and yeah. i was happy with my dad because i had so much resentment towards him up until that point so it was like it became regular every time he'd go to the store they would shout you on the beer course, my dad's going to ask me if I want a beer. I don't care how old I am, you know? And um, it, it, it started there. And then it was every summer when I would go sit, see him, like, drink. And um, by the time I hit 13 years old, I was in the projects. I grew up in the projects. I was hanging with a bunch of people that were older than me. And they all began drinking, like, 16, 17. I'm 13, 14, hanging with them. And uh, that's when I began drinking every weekend. So I started drinking like an adult very, very early. every weekend. And um, even in ninth grade, it started, I would bring liquor to school. I drink maybe two days a week during the, during the week and every weekend for parties up until senior year. And it was just like three times a week during, during the school week. And I was smoking weed every single day, go to school before my first class, I go smoke weed and then I would skip and leave for lunch and go smoke weed and come back. Somebody would have a bottle or drink and um, it, it started becoming fairly regular. I uh graduated in 09 and uh, a year after that is when I started doing hard drugs. I was around the wrong people. Cocaine came up one night, I tried it, didn't really like it, but then somehow a year later I found myself at a lot of parties where people were sniffing coke and I was drunk and so I'm an alcoholic and everything that I've done stemmed from drinking. So, like, I'd be drunk, I'd do coke, I'd be drunk, I'd do heroin, I'd be drunk, I'm smoking dust, and I'm taking e-pills, and I'm doing all this crazy stuff, and this is all 19, 20 years old. And then, uh, tw- when I turned 20, my son was born, and uh, I moved in with my son's mother, we got an apartment together, because she wanted to kind of control my drinking, she realized that it was getting out of control, and uh, it really, it didn't work. I uh, started getting worse, I started to resent her, uh, I started cheating, I was a horrible, I feel like I was a horrible, shitty man when I was young or a boy. I um, I cheated on everybody, I mistreated them, I emotionally abused them, and um, so my son was born, I cheated on my son's mother, Uh, she left me, and I felt like, oh, well, I have nothing left, so the girl that I cheated on, her with, I was like, she wants me, so I'm gonna just go with her. So she lived in Arizona, she flew out here to be with me. Long story short, we had a kid, she moved in with me. I destroyed that with my drinking. And um, by the end of that relationship, I was up to about a handle of vodka a day. Dang. And wow. and I had already suffered a seizure and um, was in a coma for three days at in ICU at Middlesex Hospital here in Connecticut. And, um, yeah, it was bad. So, like, it was January 2014. December 2013, I got fired from the hospital that I was working at. Um, the Britain General out here in in New And um I was supposed to get started at the state. I ruined that with alcohol withdrawals. I didn't go to my orientation. They just canceled my employment immediately. And then that's when down downhill, downhill spiral um started. I went to twelve detoxes in 10 months in 2014, and then my first rehab and then for Another four years, I just struggled in and out of rehabs and detoxes. This job, that job, um, stealing from stores, stealing from wherever I can get money in order to support my habit. I ended up being homeless for four years on the couch in my mom's house, in my grandma's house, and whatever female would take me in for the night or the week or forever long I could stay. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I managed to have some work in between here and there, and um, it, it was just very. It was. I was very broken at, at that point, and it, it lasted for a while. But the crazy thing is, uh, the first rehab I went to, I knew that I, I wanted to work in this field. I wanted to be in recovery, and I wanted to work in this field because I seen how happy everybody looked, and people coming back and serving other people in the same situation that they were in. It was like wow, and um. <clears throat> I hadn't, I've never really seen a, a African-American, a black man like me in, in recovery. And like those few rehabs I went to, there was a few of them and they were happy and they mm-hmm. like had other businesses on the side and they were and, and, you know it was very right. inspirational. And I remember saying like, yo, I want to be like that. So I, um, after maybe a year after my first rehab, I, um, actually after my first rehab, I signed up for college because I wanted to be a social worker or something. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I drank my way out of that. But it you know, I, I wasn't ready, uh-huh. and um yeah, so like I, I just I wanted to do that. I, I wanted to do that, so I even while I was struggling, I found myself working in behavioral health. I, I knew that that would be a good road, mm-hmm. and that would be good on my resume for me to be working in behavioral health and getting the rehab. So I worked at yeah. group homes and stuff, and I'd be drunk and drinking the whole shift, sniffing coke with my coworkers, and doing mm-hmm. just a bunch of crazy stuff. And it, it ultimately led to 2018. The day before my Eagles won the Super Bowl, I um, flipped my car. over in on a highway, uh, head-on collision to cement median. I, I, I was in the middle of a blackout. I um, almost killed myself. But somehow, because I put my seatbelt on so regularly in my blackout, I put my seatbelt on to save my life. Wow. But um, I was, like, seconds away from killing my little brother and whoever else was in the car. I remember being at the gas station, snapping out of my blackout, like, What are we doing? My brother's like, oh, we got a designated driver. I was like, who the hell is that? I didn't even know who it was. Some random person driving my car. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to be here. And I remember jumping in my driver's seat. My brother's like, Rashad, don't do it. Don't do it. And as soon as I put it in reverse, he hopped out the car. I took off. And not even five minutes later, he said there was ambulance and and fire trucks headed down the street. And then um, he talked to a cop. And they said that I had crashed. So he called my mom thinking I was dead. Screaming like, Rashad's dead. Rashad's dead. His car flipped over on the highway. Oh, and man. um yeah so that was like the, the 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 turning point i didn't stop drinking then but i went on a month-long binge because i didn't have a car and because my eagles won a super bowl so that was my excuse like all right we won a super bowl yeah i'm celebrating for a whole month <laughs> and um it, it just got worse it got worse and worse and i got to the point where i would drink and my brain went six signals to, i mean send signals to my legs so I couldn't like move them like not that I was drunk and couldn't walk. Yeah. I couldn't move my legs like they were non-functional. So um, I ended up going to a detox, and at that point, my deep my withdrawals were so violent that I couldn't stay at detox. So they sent me to Yale New Haven Hospital, um, and I stayed there for ten days. They notified me that I had a liver injury. They had to watch and monitor me, make sure I wasn't going to die. I had a crazy hallucination episode while I was in there. I've. Um, yeah, so through that whole time, I've been to a bunch of psych wards and uh, ICU and detoxes and rehabs and
0: uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I see, and- I-, I see what folks are talking about when th- when you say, "I don't think my life's been that crazy," and then you tell your story, and you're like, "Damn, I mean, that's a lot in a short period of time." Well, I guess relatively short period of time as a as a legal adult. But, like, I mean, you said it It went back to being a kid, dude. And it's funny, man. You brought something up for me in that drinking your dad's beer. My dad used to drink Coors all the time. And I remember he would wake up in the middle of the night and he'd crack a Coors and he would drink, like, half of it. And then he'd put it back in the fridge open. And so I remember being a kid in the morning and going in there and, just, and it's just what I saw dad doing it, so I was going to do it, you know, and I would take a couple of sips off of it or whatever. But, like, dude, those types of things – I'm 40 now and I still remember that it's still, I mean, you reminded me of it, but like, it's still there, you know? And so that type of environment, um, you know, obviously it's a little bit different or a lot different for, for everybody, but like it leads in man to this, to our adulthood, you know what I'm saying? Like, as we get older, um, but anyways, man, that's, that's insane. And uh, one more thing I wanted to point out that you just said for those out there listening is, um, you said I wasn't ready, and yeah. I. It's such a like. It's such a simple, you know, three words. Um, like I just had an email from uh from a, a woman whose whose daughter is really struggling. Like she's twenty four. They're trying to put her in counseling and try to get her, to, but they can't get her to do it, and they can't figure out why. And it's like, and I know it's so frustrating, but because she's not ready, not you know. Ready. So unfortunately, sometimes it it takes flipping your car and yeah I mean going through that like so many lost relationships and what we're trying to do here and you and I sharing that or what you sharing your story but on on this platform today at least is hopefully like we can encourage someone else to just run a check and just say hold on a second even it doesn't have to be as bad either it's not we're not playing the who's worst game we're just saying like if you're questioning anything right now, there's an out there's hope and there's action that can be taken in resources. You know what I'm saying? So th- thank you, Brian. I'm sorry I interluded there, but I just felt that was important yeah. to, you know, to, to drop a little bit. So, um, well, two things, if you have anything on that, feel free. If not, man, I, I would love to just hear what happens next after, you know, you kind of start to come to.
1: Yeah. So I, um, what, what, What really kept me down throughout that, up until that point as well, is like, uh, so like I said, I had my son and then I had my daughter with the girl that I left my son's mother for. She broke, anyway, that. And um, she had taken my daughter to Arizona, so I haven't been able to, I wasn't able to see her a lot. So that like kept me crushed for a while. And then I, it wasn't until I understood and took responsibility for my role and everything that happened until I, that's when I was able to forgive her and myself for everything that happened. And I'm like, I'm okay with it now. But, um, yeah, so it had gotten up to that point. And, um, yeah, so I was at Yale and then I checked into a, a rehab, um, the pines over in, um, Lebanon, Connecticut, where I just previously worked like, for two years, but, um, I had gone there and it was a very serene place and throughout my whole journey of of addiction and, and alcoholism i always read uh inspirational stuff i listened to your podcast i i always had an idea of how i wanted to live my recovery yeah. but i just wasn't sure when i was going to be able to do it but when it all came together at that last rehab i just I, I took everything that i've learned and i put it together and i actually applied it to my life like i, I always wanted to before but i didn't apply it and it's yeah. usually the place that. I- i was able to it's a huge rehab it's on an old boy scout um campgrounds it's like six cabins with a lake and a oh, wow. softball field and volleyball courts and a whole bunch of stuff so i was able to like be serene there practice my meditation practice my mindfulness because i was never able to do that from the city so it's hard for me yeah where i come um, nobody meditates. Nobody draws. Nobody <laughs> they look colors. at you
0: like you're crazy, huh? They're like, meditate. Like, <laughs> what, uh, yeah, what are you right. talking about? <laughs> you're the- Yeah, yoga. Yeah, what? Yeah. (laughs) My boy Seth is just mad on Indie yoga, man. And he's still uh he's been trying to get my lady forever. And we've done a couple classes, but we're uh she just told me last night, she's like, we're gonna sign up. I said, Okay, let's do it, man. But that's like he, he said it's exercise for your organs. That's the way his mom put it all the time. Exercise for your organs. I was like, dang, that's that's so good, you know.
1: You are feeling sometimes too. It's like, Whoa, oh, what, what, what yeah. muscles
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, I didn't even know that was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, hey, so what? Like, what was different for you that time? Because you've been to rehabs before. Like, what do you think changed? Because I know that's what people wonder. Like, that are struggling too. They're like, man, why can't I just get it? And yeah. once again, you got to be ready. But I think it's different for everybody. But what was different for you that time?
1: Man, I don't. I, I had, I had, I felt like I had come to the end of the road. Like it was either die, I'm going to die at some point. Cause the doctor told me my, my liver injury, I was, they first, first they were going to diagnose me with fatty liver disease. Mm. And then they uh, went back a few days later and checked and they're like, no, you just have extremely fatty liver, but you're not going to make it to 30 with the way that you're drinking if you keep drinking the way you are. So that, um, the fact that I had no car and that was my last possession, it was like I had nothing left. Like I was mm. done. There's nothing left I had. I had a car for four years, even after I lost my apartment. I lost two of my girls, my kids, everything. And that's what I had left, the car. And then it was gone like that. And then I couldn't work. And um, I I think I just needed everything to come crashing down all at once in order for me to just like, it's kind of like that with my life. Like even all through school, I if i had a, uh, a project due i'm not gonna do it to the last day for some reason because like i have no choice now you know mm-hmm. and it, it, that's where it got to it got to where i had no choice i was surviving off of four pints to handle vodka a block of day and and xanax in order to try to combat withdrawal symptoms and then i got addicted to the xanax as well and i've withdrawn off of both having crazy hallucinations and seizures and it was just like my family despised me, and and um, my kids were miserable. I was I, yeah. I would still have my kids, but it wasn't quality time. Like they yeah. like, they just be there watching me, really. Yeah. And others would be like, "Listen, call call me if Daddy's sleeping, or oh. call me if if you know." And yeah. um, how old are your kids? I, I
0: was, how old are your kids?
1: My daughter's eight. And my son's eleven.
0: Oh, nice, man. They're so close to our kids' age. So, dude, like I I, I just want to point out, bro, like. It's so amazing to see, like, and to hear a little bit about your background, how you grew up, right? Bro, and you're on track to break that curse for your kids, bro. And that's so amazing, dude. I just want to, like, just honor you for that, dude. It's it's number one. Like, number one. They'll never see that, bro. And you're breaking that. And that's what we need men and dudes to do is step up and just, yeah. it doesn't matter where we come from. It just matters where, where we're going and how we get there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. we can break these curses and addiction and fatherlessness and whether it's physical or just emotional and mental. Like my dad was there, but he wasn't there. You know what I mean? It yeah. was, um, so dude, I just want to point that out, bro. I, I love it, dude. Awesome. Nah, uh, <laughs> absolutely agree with you. Where, so like, so you, so you, you go in and something clicks. It starts to change. Um, Like, what does that look like when you look back today like where where are you at today tell us a little bit about where you're at and then I want to dive into some of this fitness stuff too
1: and so upon leaving rehab my last rehab I had a five year plan and I did everything in my five year plan in the first four years so it's going pretty well and um, <laughs> so um like I said like you know I published my book I um left rehab I got my recovery coach certificate first nice. um I've gained a following of people in recovery and people who I inspire and they reach out to me on a on a regular basis and and um that really means the most to me that over everything like my 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 goal leaving rehab is I, I wanted to help other individuals and if I could just have one then I've done my my job and I yeah. feel like I've over accomplish that and I, I feel like I have a lot more people to reach but um, also I've I've I started acting um, I started modeling uh, uh, I'm starting doing music again I started I was rapping when I was younger but I'm getting back into the music thing and um, my my goal in the future is to open up a wellness center or something big like that like i want to do yeah. like a boys and girls club for addicts and alcoholics and recovery where we come and just have a good time you know Yeah, because uh, having fun and laughing is a very important part of, of recovery or just life in general, a happy, good sustaining life. But um, yeah, so like I'm doing a lot and I, I've always wanted to travel on a regular basis. And I'm kind of doing that now. I'm taking a bunch of small trips. I just got back from New Hampshire like three days ago. Um, I was in Philly the weekend before for a 76ers game. Oh, nice. I, uh, I went to Maryland for my son's flag football tournament the week the weekend before that. So like, I, yeah. I'm just doing a lot of things that I wanted to do while like things that I thought I would have more fun doing drunk. Yeah, I'm having an amazing time doing sober. I'm doing concerts and sporting events and yeah. my kids' games and and
0: uh. <laughs> it's so possible. <laughs> just, it's so possible to have fun man, without alcohol. Man. Like you know,
1: <laughs> it, it's crazy it, and. I work at a rehab, so I, I talk to my clients all the time and, and my, my biggest message for everybody really is like life sucks.
0: <laughs> you just gotta accept it.
1: <laughs> just fucking accept it. Excuse my language, but accept it. Understand yeah. that it's gonna suck and just focus on the good times and and, and the, the good moments. And every time something bad happens, just know that something good's gonna come. Yeah. And just accept what is. Like uh, I I am big on not on not stressing and not worrying about things. Yeah. Um that aren't here yet. And, and a lot of people in my life get frustrated with me because I don't have that same alarm that they have when something happens. They're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And I'm like, you know what? We can just chill for now. Like, what do you mean? How can you be so calm right now? I'm like, well, because it. what you're talking about is in two weeks and yeah. we're here right now. And, yeah. you know, we really don't got to worry about it because it's an affection physically and mentally. And you're going to be so stressed out for two weeks. And then when it comes, it's not going to be as
0: bad as you thought it was going to be, and you just did all that stressing for no reason. Yep, for two weeks. You know, I love it, man. I love it. I love the we in the acceptance thing. It's hard. I mean, it's it's hard for a lot of people. It was hard for me. It still is hard for me um, at times. But I've gotten so much better at it by practicing because just what you're saying. Something two weeks out, it doesn't mean that I'm a lazy ass, and if it's something I need to plan for, I don't plan a bit for. But I right. definitely don't stress and make up shit in my head that's irrelevant to actually what is going to happen because I don't know what's going to happen because it's two weeks out and I don't have a crystal ball to to be able to tell. So what I do is I put myself in the best position to be prepared and then I let right. go of it until that moment comes, you know? And that I, that's one of the best ways to live. It's the easiest way to live at least. I think so. Um, yeah, I do too. And it comes with work though. It doesn't come easy. Yeah, but you gotta it comes put, you gotta with a lot practice.
1: of work. And, and like you said, it's not easy. And I get a lot of people who tell me like, oh, it's easier to say, easy to say that. I'm like, yeah, it's easy to say that, but I've done it too. So exactly, you, you can't yeah. tell me that.
0: Yeah. So, so if we kind of we could kind of roll that over actually into fitness because it's really the same. When you go to the gym, you don't just want like my buddy Phil said this one time and I'm sure I know it's, he didn't make it up or anything, but he said, you know, the hardest machine at the gym is the front door. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. And dude, you don't just go to the gym and get shredded and get in great shape in a week like you gotta put reps in, you gotta go um, when you don't wanna go. You gotta show up and you gotta still work out when you don't feel like it. And then on the good days, you have those good days where you feel great and you lift a little more than you wanted or you put in a couple extra reps or whatever right. it is, but it's a constant practice. And it's it's the same with being sober, it's the same with being a father, being a husband. Like It's all the same concept and principles Um, you know, in, uh, it it all kind of lines up, but I know fitness is a big part of your recovery. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, my, my little, my, my little tag for people usually is, um, I I don't focus on not doing drugs and drinking, I focus on growing Mm. and, 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 and that's what the fitness part or aspect of my recovery is. I, um, uh, I use it as my, my tool, you know, I, so I'm not in 12 step program and, um, the gym on my meetings really like, that's what it is. I have a, yeah. I have a group of people at the gym that we, we, we got a sweat check. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. So yeah. I don't know if you see my story, we do sweat check and there's probably about a hundred of us. And it just started with me and one of my friends started tagging each other in sweat check to go to gym to motivate each other to go. Yeah. And got hundreds of people tagging us and, and it's like a little movement now. And it's awesome. That's but, awesome. um, that's that. That's like the key for me. Like that's where I stay grounded at the gym, and then everything else branches off of that. My nutrition. I, I practice. Yeah. uh I don't eat meat. I'm a vegetarian now, uh which I kind of hate because I, I lost a little bit of muscle mass. But it, it's I'm all good sweaty, as long as I'm bro. healthy. I'm good, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um. So yeah. So I fitness is is, is key. Uh, What is is your
0: like what is your fitness routine look like? Like what is like a a day? I mean, I know it probably um, it flexes a little bit depending on what you're doing that week. But like what's a normal day look like
1: Um, a normal day? I I work second shift. So I wake up, uh, I I have a coffee, um, I watch some fitness on YouTube to get motivated, Uh, Uh, go to the gym for about an hour to two hours, sometimes two and a half come home, have a protein shake, meditate, take a nap, wake up, shower, go to the gym. I mean, go to work,
0: go to work. Got it.
1: My gym routine is, uh, it's it's pretty simple. I I, kind of kept the basic thing I learned in football from high school and stuff like that, you know, arms, chest, back, uh, core legs. Uh, I do a lot of running. I do a lot of, uh, other cardio, you know, uh, burpees and and hills and, um, I play basketball. I play kickball. I, um, So you're you're
0: you're also incorporating then some things that you enjoy to do that are active, like you just said flag football, um uh what was the other one? Kickball. Basketball basketball. basketball. Yeah, basketball is a great one. Although my ass always gets hurt every time I play hoop, like my I come on my my my, oh, I rolled my ankle. It's like you're getting old, fool, you need to quit. I don't know what it is. is Like it's always like I last time I heard it, and it's been a couple years now since I even played like indoors. I went up to try to block some dude's shot and I came down and I landed right on his foot and just rolled it right over, bro. And it was like, it was done for a minute, but I love playing basketball too. It's fun stuff. And, but my point to that was, is like trying to get like, sometimes just running is kind of boring. Like I like to run sometimes too, but it's nice to incorporate those different things into some activities that you enjoy, you know?
1: Yeah. And I enjoy, I enjoy the growth process in, in all of this. In, in my meditation, in my fitness, in my my knowledge of other, because, like, since I've gotten clean, I, I, I've just been studying as well, I mean, mm. studying recovery, studying uh, other religions, studying just life, like, yeah. I, I'm trying to get a, a, a good, a good worldview. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's very eye opening, and I, I feel like more at ease. I feel more at peace now. Like uh, I'm just like a whole person. I'm sh- yeah. just striving to be the yeah. best person I could be, the best father I could be, and I'm trying to bring others with me on my journey. You know do you
0: do you feel like um like your conscious level has just been like risen like through like higher and that and I'm not yeah. saying that in like a, a like oh hey we're better than anyone or like in an arrogant way. I'm just saying that because I I really believe, and you can give me your take on this if you want to. Like, I believe that alcohol and drugs are used as a tool to suppress consciousness and to kind of dumb us down in some sense. Why is there a liquor store on every single corner everywhere? Why is alcohol such so promoted and um, why you know like there's just a lot of questions like that. I think that I've thought about before. Um, but do you feel like that though, that you're just like, once that you cut that crap out, man, that you're just, your conscious just raised?
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you said it the way you did because I was going to say, in the humblest way, I'd have to say, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's because, like, when I talk to normal people, if you want to call them that, whatever normal is, if anybody is normal,
0: (laughs) I don't know anymore, bro.
1: (laughs) Right. But when I talk to people about the way that I live and the way that I think and and the way that I process things, they they think I'm crazy. They're like, that's crazy. Like, how do you not, how are you not sad about that? How are you not upset? How are you not worried about this? And and it's just like, because I I get it. Like, I just, I just fucking get it. Shit happens and it's going to suck sometimes. And, you're just gonna have to push through it because there's no other option you know yeah. yep yeah. but it, I, I do feel like i definitely feel def- a bigger connectedness like world like worldly because of my yeah.
0: meditation
1: spiritual practices and um yeah my, my 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 awareness is probably a lot higher than a lot
0: better huh than it was um, at least that's for yeah. sure and like you have a hunger to learn and grow like man. that's what's so crazy, like, because I got that bug too when I first. and That's how I started the podcast. I mean, there was just this deep desire to like help people and to share and yeah. like to like learn, create, and grow. Like all to, like it was like a tidal wave, man. And I love yeah. hearing you talk about it because it's it's exciting hearing.
1: Yo, because sometimes I sit there and I'm like, God, I'm not doing enough. And my, girl, <laughs> yeah. my girl's like, Hey. You just you just cause you just did a movie you were just in a movie and, you did this and you got this and you got yeah. that and I'm like yeah but I can do so much more I, I know I can and, but I, I just need to you know be patient I, I um I think it was Rick Ross that said something like uh, uh you don't need to move fast move uh careful oh
0: yeah so like,
1: I'm really excited about this recovery and I'm very happy and I'm, at a, I'm I have a lot of peace and I have a extreme hunger but I do need to chill out sometimes because i get over excited and i i sometimes i like i spread my energy too thin and i yeah. give it to a lot of people who don't deserve my energy and i it, it still stems from my my need to be wanted or, or liked yeah. from people childhood. please
0: like people pleasing yeah. and trying to have everybody uh be accepting because we want to feel accepted and loved and liked and all that bro yeah i i totally get that um one of the things i wanted to ask about back to the fitness thing real quick was you know there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes out there there's a lot of dads out there too um and and i'm one of them who our schedules are slammed like i just talked to my boy trent last night and he he coached me in crossfit for years and we become friends over the years and he lives up in seattle now but i hit him up and i was like man um you know I did a five by five recently I got to kind of the the weight I wanted to get to and it just it just started kind of taxing on my knees and stuff and I'm getting older so I, I took a little break and just did some cardio stuff but now I'm like dude how do I maximize my time with a busy ass schedule like I don't have like I'm not on like a it sounds like you're on like a swing shift or, or something or similar to that is that what it yeah, is well, like
1: I'm a second, yeah.
0: yeah so you have some more time in the morning time right. um Whereas like, I don't really, even, even an hour, sometimes I can't, it's hard to get in an hour, but like 30 minutes. So anyways, long, long way of asking this. Um, (laughs) I know I do that shit. Sometimes my wife's like, would you get to the point? (laughs) Motherfucker. Yeah. Come on. Today, Junior. Um, (laughs) What was that? Like it was a happy Gilmore. Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, how does like a dude maximize time and get in a quick workout in like 30 minutes and still be active in, in their lifestyle? Any tips on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know anybody that's normal. That's trying to live to be a bodybuilder. I mean, if you're just trying to build or trying to just live to be healthy and and agile and stay mobile and nimble, you know, um, yoga definitely is a big, uh, a big asset to, to trying to live, or trying to have it like it's just a homeostasis type of body, you know? Because like you said, it's an organ workout. So it works out your organs, and it also works out your muscles. You'll be surprised how much you can sweat during an intense yoga session. But um also, I mean, if you get some light dumbbells or some kettlebells, you do some push-ups and, and um, light squats. I mean, you wake up in the morning, try to get 100, start with 100 uh, push-ups. Not all at once, of course, but try yeah. to do 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. 10. And then, like, just gradually move up from there. And same thing with squats. Um, I mean, you can do jump squats for cardio as well. So you can get a combination workout. You can even do a circuit with just like some curls, do some floor bench presses with the light dumbbells and some uh, burpees. And like, I got a little setup right here. I don't know. If- <laughs> but I like, I got my dumbbells right here. I got, oh, some nice. rolling, got my medicine balls, some push up things, and, um, when I can't make it to the gym, that's what I do. I mean, yeah. I just try to work with what I what I got here. That and um, is. yeah, like you, you,
0: you the all squats, you need is a- the body weight squats, and like burpees and push ups, and then some jogging or like some sit ups or something. Just keep and then keeping the intensity level up though as much as you can <laughs> for fifteen or twenty minutes. Like I found that to be pretty effective too. You know, if you yeah, don't so- have weights or anything, yeah,
1: you do a circuit and like. A 20-minute span non-stop. You do like five workouts. Yeah. You do it quick, you get a great workout. Nice pump. You get them endorphins pumping, and yep. you get a little natural.
0: Feels so much better, too. Like so much better. Like uh, well,
1: so, like, because of my lifestyle, when when me and my girlfriend got together, we um she's like, Do you want a girl to be fit like you? And blah, blah blah. And I'm like, No, I just want somebody who's open to it. And uh through osmosis, she's just adapting herself to my lifestyle she's in a gym regular now she's eating the way i'm eating and after we leave the gym she's like oh my god i feel so good and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> i was like I, t- I told you like this is this is amazing this is a good way to feel like it's yeah. i'm not working out just to look good although that is a a, a plus um I it, it's the way i feel more more importantly yeah. in the way that my brain works after a workout and the way it works on a regular basis, because I work out and there's fresh blood pumping through it. And, you know, you know, it's just like, in a mm-hmm. way that I think and I meditate and the yoga It's just like a combination of everything. And, and, um, I do like to emphasize the fact that I, I don't use 12 steps, but my program that it's not really a program it's just growth. But, um, it, the 12 steps are just the basis for life. And like I do that in my, my program like I don't lie when I'm wrong I promptly admit it uh, I surrender myself I understand that I'm my life wasn't manageable and I got a network of people that I reach out to and I made my my um you know my um I forgot what, what is the call the
0: yeah. yeah. amends
1: Yeah, I made my amends and uh, I'm living a better life and it's just like if you try to live a good life you're gonna fall in line with the steps regardless yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I love that too. And I think that, um, that goes into that community too. Like who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you hanging around <laughs> shitty people or, or I shouldn't say shitty people? I don't even like, put it like that. are you <laughs> hanging around? Are you hanging around people who, I mean, there's some pretty shitty people out there actually, but are you hanging around people who are bettering you or who are bringing you down? Let's put it like that. That's a good way to put it, you know? And it's like, that's a huge part of it, you know, huge part of it. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, Okay, if there's someone listening who's like in their in their early recovery, you know, they're or they're or they're going back and forth. They put a few weeks together, trying to get you know they're trying to quit drinking, and then they go back. Um, what would you say to to your old self, like as you were kind of experiencing some of that, like what you knew now? What would you say to yourself then to help you over that?
1: I say just keep going. Um, it, it, it's it's a rough road, but um, they say the, the toughest climbs lead to the best views. So uh, as long as you keep pushing through the toughest times, you're going to make it out. And as long as you're striving and, and, and you have an idea of what you want for your recovery, and if, if, you, if you really want the recovery, you know, yeah. you got to be ready, like I said um, earlier. But um, yeah, just keep going, man, it, it, it sucks. And I've been there before. I, I, I cried myself to sleep on for, for days and weeks and months and and, and couldn't fall asleep from withdrawals and w- woke up. I, I remember nights fighting seizures where I'm just like, ah, and I'm just like trying to oh. hold it together because I feel it coming. But um, yo, just learn as much as you can about recovery. Learn as much as you can about addiction. Learn as much as you can about bettering your life, and uh, I, I'd highly suggest trying AA or NA because that is where my that's where my recovery started. And um, yeah, man, just just keep going. Yeah, just keep going.
0: Yeah, good good stuff, man. Tell tell us a little bit more about um the book now, and then where uh, folks could reach out to you if they want to uh, follow you. Uh, it's at Rilla Fit on Instagram. I believe we'll put all the links in the show notes. But if people want to reach out or anything to uh, let us know where that's at.
1: Yeah. So, uh, like you said, Instagram is Rilla underscore fit R I L L A underscore F I T. Uh, the book is Suigeneris, S U I G E N E R I S, and that is available on Amazon and goodreads.com. Um, it was actually the number one new release in substance abuse when it dropped last year in May. Nice, May, May awesome. Um, you can also reach me on Facebook, Rashad Walser Senior, because my son's a junior, of course. Um, and all oh, my YouTube is Lit Two Fit L I T the number two F I T, and um, that's that's what I use as my YouTube. I, I got some um, blogs up there, and uh, I plan on utilizing it in the future um, for other things that I have planned.
0: Awesome, man. I love it, dude. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, dude. This was, this was fun. And, uh, I, uh, I always, I always love getting the opportunity to meet good dudes like you. And then hear some of this guy, I didn't have any idea. So, I mean, I knew a little bit about your background, but, um, you know, hearing it straight from you, dude is, 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 uh, man, it's intense. It's real. Um, and it's amazing to see, where you've came and where where you're gonna continue to go and grow, uh, and I think it's proof, man, that like we we can withstand and we can get through anything, no matter what cards were dealt in life. But we have to choose to do that. We have to take personal responsibility and do it ourselves. It doesn't matter where we come from or you know what we look like or what it doesn't matter really. At the end of the day, it's how we choose to frame that up and move forward man and like you're such a great example of that dude like it's it's amazing
1: i appreciate you man and, yeah. and like i said i'm excited to be on here uh like I, i've been listening for years and yeah. uh, i just want to chop it up with you and, and, and share my message that's my biggest point the reason why i do everything is just to get the, the light directed on recovery yeah that's, that's
0: good it. <sighs> anything anything you want to leave uh anyone out there listening with today like any words of advice or thoughts or uh anything?
1: Yeah, so um, I said it earlier, but my my main message in my recovery is it, it's going to suck. Life is life. It doesn't change because you got clean and it doesn't change when you're when you're messed up. You know, it, it's going to suck, but you're going to push, push through it and there's going to be good times and good times don't last forever and bad times don't last forever. Just push through it and enjoy the happy time. Spend time with the people that you love and, and enjoy the moments because that's all we have.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, Rashad. I appreciate you.
1: No problem. Thank you very much. And hopefully I'll be talking to you again.
0: Absolutely, man. Thanks for listening. I hope some spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at That Sober Guy Podcast. And uh, for all resources, uh, you can go to www.thatsoberguy.com. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you enjoyed Rashad. Be sure to follow him at Rilla underscore fit. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Have a great day. Peace, love, and respect. To keep your blood clean.